right, hello everyone. This is your host, Majoro, and the rest of the guys here at Popped Off. I'm excited to welcome you to episode five of Phoenix Watch, that little bitty show that just loves you guys oh so much, that growing community around Ashes of Creation. Tonight, I'm going to be sitting down with Starling of the station. I almost forgot that. Starling, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I, I, I really enjoy, like, just kind of, I've had a blast talking to everybody uh, over the la these last few episodes. Thank you again for sitting down with me because I'm, I'm excited to see what, what you're trying to bring into, the, into this game. To start off, tell us a little bit about The Station and what you guys are all about. Yeah, for sure. So The Station is more of an experiment than anything else. We're a collective of kind of last standing guild members from various games. So a lot of us came from, we played Final Fantasy, we played uh, Elder Scrolls, we played Guild Wars, we played WoW. And it seemed like over the years, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate over the years, uh, you know, guilds die off and and there's a lot of great memories that are tied to those guilds. And, and for those of us that are left over, um, we often end up splitting off and, and never talking again, which is unfortunate because uh, a lot of my longest friendships uh, are, are part of those guilds and those games. And people leave for a lot of different reasons, going to different game, games or life gets in the way and things like that. So it's totally understandable. But I figured um, for those of us that were still around, uh, why not create a little community for us that uh, we can all join in and uh, take everybody from these various guilds from all these different games and kind of bring them together under one household, share their experiences with the game that they came from and be able to, now we all kind of hop around. So now we all play ESO and, and Guild Wars and Final Fantasy and WoW. And, um, and there's a couple others in there as well. And we're, now looking at ashes of creation so we're we're definitely uh kind of a bunch of hoppers at this point so yeah i know i'm sure anybody who's played games long enough online knows that that really horrible sinking feeling in your stomach when you open up your friends list and you see that one person last logged in 1249 days ago that's very specific but i, th I think we yeah, all <laughs> man we we all know that feeling Mm -hmm. there's like that meme online where it's like the two cars splitting apart and it's like see you tomorrow and then like last logged in seven years ago Dude, yeah it's, it's real it's real and so uh this is kind of you know discord is great because it gave us a, a different platform to to all come together at and we've been doing this now for gosh i mean officially now we've been doing it for two years but we've been doing it longer than that i'm sure nice yeah uh, and just to be clear the station do you intend for that to be a guild in ashes of creation or is it going to be more of a this is a community you guys can come and hang out find some maybe some people to play with but not necessarily be tied down to one guild in game so we've always kind of split that up right so we have like our community aspect of it which is um you know if you just want to come and hang out and you're looking for people that um, are familiar with the game and you're getting started and you want your place we can at least get you going and then if you leave no hard feelings but if you do want to commit and you do want to be a part of the bigger experience and, and really get into the hardcore side of it, then we have that as well. We try to cater to both. And so we have like Sherpa and Sherpa Lings, people who are there to like, who dedicate their time to teaching others. And they, that's what they really, really enjoy in their gaming experience. And then we have people who are, uh, you know, heavy raiders or collection grinders and things like that. So we kind of try to tailor to it all. Awesome. Now, just because of the, the type of content that AOC brings, uh, is there any fear from you guys of like infighting? Because I there we're something like as loose as this. Uh, I could definitely see it where 
one player ended up kind of being a spy in another guild, but both are kind of members of <laughs> the station. Has that kind of come up yet? Man, it's uh it's always a concern, right? So it's not even just this game. We also play other uh, games outside of MMOs, and and this always uh, comes up. And honestly, I, I'm not so concerned about it. Like the people that are in that inner circle of our community, the ones that really participate in the more nitty gritty of it, they have certain permissions and certain access and, and information that our general community doesn't have. So there are barriers and, and stops in and, and place to kind of prevent that kind of prevent that from happening. Right on. And I think that that's a good transition to talk more about you and the rest of the leadership for the station. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your gaming experience. Yeah, absolutely. So um, at the heart of it, the station has kind of become a multi-gaming platform. We've uh, we all play a variety of things. MMOs are like our heart and soul. Uh, of it, but we also uh, expand to other things. Personally, I really got into MMOs uh, for the RP aspect, so that's that's what I'm all about. But the station is not an RP guild, and I want to make that very clear. I played a lot of DayZ. Uh, I RP'd in that for a long time, almost three years of RPing in DayZ, um, which is where a lot of where I got to like test a lot of my own leadership abilities. And then as far as uh, MMOs go, I've I've led guilds, but never to the extent of uh, some of the people that I've worked under. Uh, whenever I was playing Guild Wars 2, which was like my first uh, real MMO, or Guild Wars originally, and then Guild Wars 2 later on, I stayed with the same guild for like six, seven years. And um, I learned a lot from them. And I think a lot of my leadership ability and, and what I learned uh, about community came from them. And they were a hardcore guild. Uh, we did, you know, our bi-weekly raids and regular dungeons and things like that. We were all like collectors and completionists, and it was super, super fun. But yeah, I mean that 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 was like my real. That was that was what got me into it all. Outside of that, it's just uh, it's just having fun. I mean, we play everything. So now moving down from you as the guild leader, uh, do you guys have like a council set up? Is it just a, a group of officers that? That, that deal out different responsibilities. What, what about is like you don't have to get into the nitty gritty if you don't want people spying on the inner workings, but just just a peek. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So we uh, we have our ranking structure in place. This ranking structure generally uh, applies to any MMO that we go to. So for Ashes of Creation, particularly, we're still in the process of working that ranking structure, and it's not so much about uh, hierarchies. I, I don't like hierarchy so much in our community. I like, uh, you know, responsibility. And so, like, what are you comfortable uh, being responsible for? So we have people that are, I can't really give out names particularly, but uh, but we do have people who are who are ready to take those roles and uh, and begin managing. So so as an example, it might be like you are in charge of caravans, while this person's in charge of making sure crafted goods are getting handled right, things like that. Exactly, okay. exactly. So we, we kind of split everything up into into varying like categories. So, you know, who wants to, to be the officiary for, for crafting? You know, who's going to take that on? Who's going to be the one that helps people or guides people in the right direction and, and become to become an expert in that field? Um, who's going to be the, the PVP side of it? Who's going to be the PVX side of it? Everybody is sort of like in a mentorship role more than anything else. And that's, again, it's it's not very MMO style to, to be that way. I, a lot of the guilds that I've been a part of and the ones that 
um, I've heard people come from have a very kind of rigid structure for everything. You have people in place for, you know, a very strict hierarchy. It's always it's always very much like that. And we kind of muddle that approach a little bit and, and kind of try to level the playing field amongst everybody. So just whatever you're most interested in, whatever your aspirations are for Ashes of Creation or any game, show that you're willing to be a part of it, show that you want to be the leader in that. And, um, and you, very easily, or, you know, with a little bit of effort, uh, you can become a bigger part of the community. So. All right. So it does sound like it's a bit more of a uh, flatter, horizontal leadership style, which... I mean, every, every, each one has its pros and cons. I, I would say when, when it comes to like that bleeding edge progression, maybe closer to the rigid side tends to tends to win out. But I I wouldn't count you guys out if, if it's what works for you guys and keeps everyone like invested in the game. I, I could definitely see some good progression made. Yeah, we're excited to see how everything works out. Um, I know in the past and like other MMOs, we've done like partnerships with other guilds. Like we, particularly in like ESO, we did a, we were a part of a big merchant uh, ring. So all the merchant guilds would get together and we would, um, in that game, we would bid on certain merchants around the world to be able to sell our supplies and things like that. And I don't know if that's going to be, if we're going to have that same opportunity in, in Ashes of Creation, but that style, that kind of horizontal leadership, as you, uh, as you mentioned, it's always worked out in favor for us. If everything is subject to change, though, so if we get into Ashes of Creation and we get our hands, if we get our hands on it and we decide that this leadership style isn't going to fit, then we very quickly will adapt to it. But we like to, we always like to try to keep it as community as possible. So we'll see. So I know you said you played ESO. Is this pretty much the same structure that you've used in that game? So you've already kind of seen it, or are you trying something a little looser in AOC and just kind of waiting? Uh, no, we've done and so in ESO it was uh, it was. It was very comfortable. So our guild uh, over there was, I want to say, like 180 uh, members. And um, this horizontal sort of leveling worked really well. We, of course, had people who managed things like the guild inventory. But outside of that, you know, everybody was pretty much, pretty much welcome to participate in whatever way they could. So because we were a merchant guild in that game. And so we did have things like weekly requirements for sales stuff like that but overall there wasn't like it just was never one person over the other and that generally worked out really really well another great and easy transition then uh are you guys looking into do, being more of an economic guild going into ashes of creation or are you going to try to like flex out into something a little new and different um we're pretty excited to be a pvp uh, pvx guild so um i am a pvx player at heart a lot of the people that are going to be leading the front for ashes of creation are like what it appears to be at this point are going to be more PvP oriented. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly the guild grows and, and whether we can maintain a presence. And if we are, then we're gonna kind of put our focus on the PvX, PvP side. We have we have done various things and, and while um, everybody is very PvX oriented, however, in uh, Final Fantasy or Guild Wars, both of those actually, everybody was very PvE oriented instead. And we were all like, like a lot of the people that came from that were just big collectors. They were completionists at heart. But for Ashes of Creation, yeah, I think we're definitely going to be uh, going towards a more PvP, PvX style. Okay. And when you say that, are you thinking more of like sell uh, swords type of things, like to sell your skills to protect caravans and help with sieges and stuff? Are you thinking like maybe digging into some of that corruption and just kind of being more of highwayman type thing or just protecting your own caravans, that sort of thing? I'm excited, man. I 
So unrelated to MMOs, and I, I don't want to step away too far from it, but unrelated to MMOs mm -hmm. and uh, and Daisy, I RP'd as uh, with a small group, and we kind of played as uh, very chaotic neutral. And I would like to bring that same kind of attitude or atmosphere to uh, to Ashes of Creation. I would like to be very chaotic neutral. So definitely more of the bandit side. Definitely more of uh, I, I don't even know the, like how to describe it necessarily. We do want to do things like like selling our services, but we also don't want to just be selling our services. We still want to be. I want to get. We want to get our node. We want to get. Uh, we want to be on top. We don't. We don't just want to be a side player for everybody else. So, but let's say the map doesn't change. It, it kind of stays roughly the same as it is right now with the information we have. Right. Do you do you have an idea of like where geographically you're going to sit? Whether it's like in the mountains, those plains, the sea. I'm not 100% sure. We probably won't go see. Um, I know a lot of people love love their water mounts, and I've I, like the latest stream on on their water mounts were pretty was pretty cool. Uh, they got mm -hmm. they showed off a lot of different uh, swimming animations and everything else like that. But I think if we end up going, assuming the map doesn't change, we'll probably end up going towards a more mountainous or plainous region. So just something whatever is most aesthetically pleasing on the eyes for us, since we're going to be spending a lot of time there. Generally, we leave these we leave these kind of decisions up to a vote. So we do a community vote with uh, our inner circle group, and we allow them to kind of decide where they want to make their uh, footing at. Again, everything is kind of up in the air with how far out things uh, are looking still. Mm -hmm. So we are kind of pacing ourselves to making any uh, hard set decisions. That makes sense. That's not going to stop me from asking you about a, what if, a lot of what if questions. I got I to gotta uh -huh. buffer the time no. here somehow. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so say you have your node, you have that perfect picturesque view from your maxed out villa or how, which whatever it is that you build. And actually, yeah, let me ask that first. Do you already, are you already talking a type of aesthetic, like racial aesthetic that you might be going for for the guild? So you might want to try to push those races first and let people roll their other races as alts or just kind of like what happens, happens. Historically, anytime we had the choice, we've always played either elves or orcs. Mm-hmm. And I think this time we're probably going to end up going orcs, and I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how much deeper we're going to go with that. I don't know which which kind of orc we're going to be, um, or if we've decided on that part yet. But I think we're we'll, we'll probably end up going orcs. We kind of want to stick to something that that we think fits not not an RP at like the RP of it, but kind of the RP of it. No, I like. The, the I, I would like to have every. Yeah, like the spirit of it. I like to have everybody looking similar. I want to. I want us to roll up onto another node, and I want us to to look like an absolute unit when we do it, and look like an organized absolute unit. So, if I can get, uh, if I can get everybody to to commit to a race, that'd be awesome. If uh, if we end up splitting a little bit, I'll be okay with it. Sure, I definitely get it. There's there's absolutely something to be said about having like. Conformity isn't quite the right word, but I guess that's the best one I've got coming to me right now. I, I've talked to some other guilds, like some of the roleplay ones. They they are hoping for like one race because it just right. it does it it looks cool when you got like that army of dwarves. Yes, that's a great yeah. name for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And just because I happen to know a lot about guilds right now, have you guys already reached out to? Like, I know there's another all orc PVX PVP guild mm -hmm. that's currently recruiting. Have you already started reaching out to guilds like that? Just to kind of start building up. Uh, alliances or narratives for going into the game people some of the guilds have reached out to me to discuss like alliances and things like that and i feel like it's just 
like it's not the right time. Like I need more information and more commitment from our community before we necessarily like start making alliances. Um, again, because we're we are such a chaotic neutral group, nothing really drives us other than chaos, and it's all it it doesn't really uh, without having like set in stone where we're gonna be, what we're gonna do. It makes it very difficult to to commit to any alliance. I would like to find a large group of orcs to play with, though. So I will have to get that guild name from you. Um, just at least at least check him out. Yeah, hopefully I'll have him on a future episode. I can always link to you later. Cough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so and it, it is kind of wild because for people who don't know, we've already had guild alliances and betrayals and drama. It's not even yeah, man. Not even in the alpha yet. And I, exactly, happened. and that's I'm so scared of that because I'm like I, I I'm trying to keep up with all the uh, with all the changes in the alpha and all the updates, and and I'm still trying to organize us around this game based on the information that's released to us. So mm -hmm. I don't have time to 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 worry about alliances and people betraying each other and things. It's a little much for me. I get it, but in that chaos, there's there's definitely going to be plenty of room for you guys to make a profit. So. I, it sounds like you're you're, you're going to be put in a good spot. Come, uh, mm -hmm. I think yeah, everyone's it's... best guess is like beta is kind of going to be obviously it's a beta, and I know Steven and Intrepid they're treating the alpha like an alpha, which is kind of refreshing in this day and age of early access. But I, I think a lot of people are going to treat beta as kind of a pseudo early access, even though everything will get wiped. And I think we'll start to see a lot of things solidify. Yeah, once we once we get into beta and we're actually in. I've talked to people that have played the alpha, but I but I have not personally. But once we are actually in the beta, regardless of whether the world gets wiped or or what happens, people are going to start getting they're gonna to commit to a server, they're gonna to commit to a, a node or, or a region in the world. And uh even if it gets wiped, it's all gonna start back up and, and there will already be roots and ties and, and at that point though that's whenever I would like to get into it. And in that beta stage. Because then I have someone tangible to go after. Somebody, uh, there's just, being in the game will make a big difference for me. I'm really excited for it. I think that's going to be one of the best narratives and like all of the action kind of starts to happen is in the beta. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, speaking of, do you guys have a number of players that are maybe in the alpha one or more likely two and of course the betas? So alpha two, we have two players. That's it. It's a very, very small group. To be fair though, the... It's not cheap, you know. It's not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to say it, but yeah, it's it's, it's not yeah. a cheap alpha to get into, um, and it's not like there were a lot of opportunities to get into alpha um, unless you were, you know, already committed to the game way previously. So, so no for so for alpha one, definitely not. We don't have anybody in our guild that's uh, participating in it. Like I said, I have talked to a couple people that have been in alpha one, and obviously they can't say a lot, so. Alpha 2 will be a little bit more interesting just to see their overall general impression without doing anything that would that would inhibit them. And then we're all looking forward to, to beta. So Yeah, I think beta was far more reasonable of a price. I think we're going to see, yeah. if anybody's remotely interested in the game now, I think we're going to see most of us in the beta. So that's, that's going to be yeah. very exciting. If I had the money, I mean, if I had like, if I truly just had the money to throw away, then I think that... Um, I think the alpha would be worth it. I don't think it's like a bad deal necessarily because um, they give you a lot with it, right? And um, including the alpha, you get your first hand at, uh, at a lot of cosmetics and things like that. So yep. there is a lot of cool stuff with it, but I just can't commit to it whenever I'm already set up for, for beta. So 
I get it. And besides, we we do have Shadowlands launching if anybody plays that. And then, of course, BC is going to be coming. I was like, we're not going to not be busy during like yeah, the, exactly. the, this Alpha 1 phase going into the next year, which, if I remember correctly, ends around mid-May. And then, of course, that's a yeah. lot of a lot of Shadowlands right there. And then BC is going to be relaunching sometime in the not-too-distant future, probably. Not to mention all the other great games that have come out. And we've got a lot of exciting titles coming up. Cyberpunk might be released by by May. Oh, yeah, Cyberpunk. Yeah, Cyberpunk might be out by the time Ashes of Creation is. <laughs> oh yeah, ow. <laughs> two, yeah, two no, years I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They did. They're they're doing their best, man. It's like it's a tough time for everybody, mm-hmm. and I understand like delays and things like that. I am not the kind of person to get upset at delays. I've sat no. through way too many game releases to be worried about it. But yeah, between Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft, both of them have huge expansions coming out really soon. We're not too concerned about it. We're all pretty much tied up into into these other games. It gives us time to just it, like this downtime in between expansion packs and things like that to just kind of enjoy ourselves in other other aspects of our community. So, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm super impressed with Steven and Intrepid. I know they he had said alpha in fall and technically it is happening I, I feel like that was the closest they could get without delaying it was saying we'll do it for like two days as a server test and we'll see y'all in december mm. <laughs> so i i get it but yeah uh going a bit back to uh the the type of guild you wanted to be do you already have a and of course like where you want to be you said somewhere pretty do you have a type of node that you'd be looking for specifically so say economy pvp etc definitely pvp we're going to be going for that military node as soon as uh as soon as we can um i think i think what it is at this point is that we've done economic right we've Mm -hmm. done uh our skilling and and other mmos and we've never just taken like a straight i want to get i want what i really want to do is get back to uh back to doing collectionist type stuff so doing you know a completionist run through ashes of creation um, which I know is always a huge feat for any MMO, but it's uh, it's one thing that keeps me going. And then we really want to, like I said, we really want to, we really do want to put that PvP aspect on it. I'm just, I'm afraid to say that you know we're a committed PvP guild just because I know that at least for the inner circle, we're definitely going to have quite a few people who are going to be on that completion side that really want to do their regular grinds. So. so- Concentrate on a military node. Have you guys discussed the inherent risk of possibly losing that node if if just a world class player comes in and just takes it away through victory? Or are you kind of okay? Because it, it does sound like that would kind of match the spirit of your guild going in this might makes right orc PvP right. guild that you're building up. Are you kind of yeah. okay with that? I th- I'm I'm okay with it. Um, we like playing the underdog. So if for some, I'm hoping and I'm always hopeful that the guild will expand to a point where we won't have to worry about losing our node as often. But we know it's totally possible. We know that things are going to happen and there's going to be times where we aren't able to respond. Yeah, I mean, definitely like it's a concern, but that's like the other fun of it, right? So like if if somebody else takes it, then... Now we have the opportunity to take it back, and that's a whole another side of the game that we don't get to play um, if all we do is control that node indefinitely. Yeah, and I love to hear that. I know a lot of people are think coming in; they're going to be trying to make mega guilds and just keep what they what they planted their flag in at first, 
And there's definitely something to be said about an enjoyment of being able to just log in once a week and knowing that it's very unlikely your house is just going to be gone. But for those who want yeah. something a little bit more rough and tumble, I, I think it's really cool that, that you could, you could, excuse me, uh, go up for like the mayoral battle. I, I forget exactly what they call the leader for the military nodes. Next thing you know, you've got a whole other leader that's completely outside of yeah. your guild and your control. And you have to kind of retake that honor, retake that fight. And uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of opportunity for great narratives there. So I, I'm really excited for that. Oh, I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. I mean, for me, just for the for what I want to do with the guild, and the way I want to run it, I'm I'm curious to see how all of it will play out in real time when everybody's in the world. But uh, from everything that's been teased to us thus far, it's uh, it seems like there's going to be a lot of back and forth consistently. Yeah, so. I'm excited for that. Uh, talking about the size of guilds, though, how what 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 would be the dream size of your guild? And also, are you going to try to cap and min max it like? if you get enough players where I think pending on the past you take, a lot of people are currently looking at multiple guilds of 60 or 30, whatever the, the number is. I think it's a multiple yeah. of 10. <laughs> are, are you going to be trying that path? Or you just say, let's just go for it. 300 people in our guild right now, big horde all with the same name. Yeah. It's going to depend on how committed I can get leadership. So if I have, if I have someone who is just as dedicated as I am, to putting themselves into a leadership uh, position, which I, I do have people in the station that are comfortable and ready to do that. If our guild outgrows you know, 60 people, then I think that if we had someone who particularly wanted to go and do a whole different aspect of the game, they wanted to do crafting and didn't even want to focus on the PvE, PvP side and just wanted to run a crafting guild or a merchant guild, um, I would love to have a, a brother sister guild experience like that. I think that like that makes sense. I think having like guild a guild theme is important always. And I don't want to restrict people from being able to do what they want in the game. So if I have someone who's like really, really down for uh starting their own sister or brother of the guild, absolutely. I would love to have a couple sixty size guilds. But if I get in there and for whatever reason the station just ends up being a huge hit. Everybody wants to be a part of this experience. And we end up with a 300-person PvP guild. I'm not going to complain. Um, it's a lot to manage, but I've been in guilds that big before. And I've seen, I've seen them manage correctly. If I can take what I've learned previously and apply it to this, then I think it'll be okay if we, if we end up going that big. I don't see it happening, though. Generally, what I, like, what I truly think will happen is we'll probably end up hitting about 60 to 100 people. Um, and then splitting off and kind of separating our guild once everybody finds like what they really enjoy to do, what they really, really enjoy doing in Ashes of Creation. It does sound like there'll be a, at least a home for everybody if they're just interested in having a big group of people to play with, which, yeah, yeah I've, I've kind of hammered it home in previous episodes, but like if people want to really progress in this game, it's, it's going to be a very much dependent on being part of a guild or at least a larger community. So, yeah. And I mean, like, if you are out there and you're listening to this, if you have not joined a guild yet, it is, in my opinion, one of the best experiences of any game. I mean, it was MMO or anything else. If you just find a group of people that you enjoy playing with, it may not be the first guild you join. It may not be the second, but you will find a place where, 
you know, those people are just your people and they get you, you get them find that and you'll never, you know, you'll have more fun than, than anything the game could give you. I think I found the new tagline for my, for my show right there. (laughs) Yeah. Be careful. It's the station's tagline too. We are not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it it sounds like you got a good, I like you would like to see the guild grow just because you like playing with a lot of other people, but you're okay if it, if it doesn't get too incredibly large. I know we, I've talked to a couple of people who already are looking at like, wanting thousand players plus so yeah we and we got a guild uh mm-hmm. from eso that has something like 500 players 600 players in it and they're all they're all committed to uh, ashes of creation once it once it, once it launches so that's like immediately you're talking like an active 600 people just dumped right into the game and i've heard like crazy numbers like that whether they are able to do that big of a guild or not in ashes of creation we'll see but I know there are quite a few very large guilds out there that uh, that are just transitioning from one game to the other. While we're kind of on the topic of nodes, I, I know you said a lot of you guys, your players are completionist. So say you, you pick a node and you wouldn't know until much later in the game, you level it up and you realize you have to de-level the node that is, you currently call home to gain access to the dungeon underneath it. Now, I understand the carrot kind of always makes a difference, but is that something you guys would be up to is like talking to another guild or another node and be like hey come see just so we can all do this dungeon and then we'll just build up after that's tough it's sort of like like absolutely at some point if that's if that's the case and you know what has to be done has to be done i don't and this is my ignorance but the time frame for nodes i remember reading or watching something on it previously but like getting a node from stage one to like stage four or stage three like how what is the time frame for that Oh, I don't remember that off the top of my head, but it's yeah. not short. Most of these time frames are built to be kind of lengthy. It's it's going to be an investment of not just resources, yeah. but just raw time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the tough part, right? So, like, I, I knew about the resources and I knew, and you know, when they play a montage of something, a node going from stage one to stage three or stage four, then, like, you know, that's, it doesn't seem like it's that long. But, like, I, but I know in reality, this is not going to be a small endeavor. So, you're, going to have to collectively all come together and say we're okay with our home being destroyed especially if it's something that you've done like a lot of work to hold mm-hmm. you know you're constantly getting sieged you're constantly having people uh try to take it from you and then out of nowhere you have to decide like did we just let them take it so we can do this or yeah i can definitely see one of those situations and i'm i guarantee it's going to happen someone's going to like defend their node and be like yeah that was great and they're going like, to pull up the wiki and they're like shit hey guys my bis is underneath this node <laughs> yeah we gotta tear it down I, I know it took us i know it took us three months but could be worth it yeah i don't know man yeah well I, all of this stuff is always gonna end up being like the uh sort of our inner circle voting so we'll come together as a group and decide at that time if it's uh if it's appropriate or not and if it fits our narrative and what we're looking to do so like I said, I think it for a lot of people, it's always just going to be ten, depend on the carrot. If that's your BIS weapon and it's a huge upgrade and it's the BIS for like four other people, so you guys are wanting to kind of farm it pretty good, I, I could definitely right. see that. If it's a mount egg just for one of you guys to be able to ride a mount, I could definitely yeah. see the guild going, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never, and, and I never let the, uh, I never let the decision rely on me. Like I will never make that decision for my guild. And I think that's one of the quickest ways you can lose your guild is uh, 
becoming sort of like I, I guess it works for some people, but I I can never play like the dictator role. Um, I like the uh, perception of democracy within the station, so allowing other people to vote and make sure that everybody's on the same page with like what we're going to do next. Right on. I like to hear that. Um, obviously, we'll always have to see what happens. I think I think there's always that one item in a game that runs the risk of turning any gamer into Gollum. Yeah, just like, that's true. That's sorry, true. guys. <laughs> I've been farming this for like two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can happen. It can happen. And and me being the sociopath that I am, or at least the one that I'm going to role play as, um, it's totally possible. You know, all bets are aside. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know, man. I will if the if it's that good. I mean, it'd have to be a pretty cool looking cosmetic. That's yeah. all. Which, yeah, obviously, the, these are a bunch of what ifs. I'm not throwing you under the bus and saying you're definitely a monster. That, that's just kind of the fun of this show. And the fun of this game is to get a good idea of like what those limits are. If someone's like, man, I really want to fly him out. I'd, I'd probably go, look, it's it's cool, but it's not burn down an entire country cool right like uh, burn all your bridges but you're bis for uh, the next psh, eight months or whatever however they we handle horizontal not horizontal vertical progression for weapons and stuff and there's like nothing yeah. better it's a huge upgrade as, as a gamer and as a competitive one too i i would definitely be able to see a, a solid argument um yeah like think the old tier sets from classic wow if you're like dude that's my tier two helm it doesn't get yeah. better I, I could see why you might want to burn down the node to get to Ani. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll definitely see. I think that, like, if if at all possible, any time that we're able to, if it if it requires me holding off for a little bit for somebody else to get to the point where uh, they also require the, you know, they're also grinding for the same thing that I'm grinding for, then mm -hmm. I'll wait every single time. Um, especially if there's someone that's a regular in our community, and it. it it just makes more sense if I can burn it down once and everybody gets gets what they're looking for. I'd rather do that than burn it down for myself. And then six months later, someone else burns it down because they also need that or three months later or a month later, whatever. Sure. So, yeah, if we can, you know, I, I, I'd like to just at least get enough people together so it's worth it, not just for myself. OK, so I, I think the the big takeaway here is. You're not hardcore closed off to it. So, because that, that's another thing. I could definitely see, and I, I would love your your opinion on this too, where higher level nodes, higher level guilds who all like control these areas are talking to each other and be like, hey, we've got your best boots underneath us. You've got our best shield. Let's go ahead and swap it. Like, hey, we need parts from these monsters that are only in this dungeon. We need to get mm -hmm. some traders in there. We, where you guys are kind of shuffling nodes to try to, just keep the PVE content alive. But I, I, I just remember you were saying like most of your focus is PVP. Um, I know building a big node is a goal, but do, do you have a node size where you might be, yeah, this is fine because if it does get destroyed, it doesn't take too long to grow and you could still kind of just do your rampaging orc play style. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that I have like a specific node uh, stage that I would be okay with stopping at. I think that if we control a node, and it's not preoccupying us more than, I mean, if it's if it's not taking that much of our time every day to maintain it or or grow it, then there's no reason for me not to continue growing it. I don't think that I'll ever settle for a, for a lower level node if I have the opportunity to grow it. All right, nice to hear. And as far as the alliances and like, okay, let's go ahead and shuffle notes because I I do see that as a definite possibility for those top one percent guilds. 
Yeah, it definitely sounds like that's going to be a thing. Um, and that ultimately is going to rely on how large our guild grows within the community. So, um, you know, I can say confidently we're going to have 150 out the gate, right? But I imagine that after that point, we're going to bring on, you know, an additional sweep of new players, people who are going to commit to the game for a long period of time, people who are going to fall off. And just depending on where we land, or that's going to really determine where our alliances are as well. So unfortunately like there are a lot of politics and a lot of i mean people commit a lot to uh their mmo guilds and things like that so if we want to be a an influence in the world we're going to need numbers we're going to need our nodes we're going to need our money we're going to there's a lot that that's going to determine how much influence we have whether we're even able to make those exchanges or those alliances and it's all going to also come down to you know do you have what i want do i have what you want and if they say no, what do we do? You know, if they say no, we're not going to give you that. Do I just have to fight you for it now? You know, am I just going to have to take it from you? So how very orcish for you to say. <laughs> yeah, which I guess. So I know you said you like to role play. You have a good, solid history in role playing. Yeah, I know you said the station won't necessarily be a dedicated role playing guild. No, I'm assuming that that is something you're open to is role players that might want to join you and kind of like take on that mantra of orc rampaging across the countryside? Yeah, 100%. There is, um, I'm really into lore for just about every game that I play. I have not looked at any Ashes of Creation lore. If there is any, I haven't looked at it. Um, I like to try to discover as much as I can in-game, first and foremost. And if I can get people who are kind of into that same same thing, they want to get behind the lore, they want to get behind the characters, absolutely power to them i 100 percent enjoy that kind of gameplay but i imagine like at the least if nothing else maybe i can get everybody to play it play and uh play at work and you know even if they're just walking beside me and they're not actually participating in rp i'll still feel like i uh like i have the orc army i've always dreamed of yeah you saw that in your head it's like i'm role yeah, playing exactly. whether you like it or not i get it <laughs> exactly you guys can't you guys gotta just gotta deal with my role play um and i'll do it i'll i'll and my discord will be in other games will will be doing something and i'll just randomly go into character and in the middle of a raid or something and everybody will just have to deal with it i've, I've been there i did put that out as like a disclaimer when i was talking to the role playing guild for my my previous episode i was like no, it doesn't mean that you're going to sit there and type everything in the middle of a siege or walk in the middle of PvP combat. And it doesn't mean you have to go, Hark, thou villain. No. But it is sometimes fun if you're facing, like, the big boss and it's, like, your 200th wipe. And you're like, I might as well do this because I'm bored otherwise. Right? I like being an NPC sometimes. I like putting myself in the, in the roles of uh, someone who's actually in that that fantasy world. It's... It's fun. It's it really is fun, and it's. Uh, I think there's like a bad rep behind uh, RP for a lot of people. But if you ever played D and D, you know everybody knows like the best D and D comes from from people who are really into the role play. Um, it's more fun to watch. It's more fun to be a part of. And MMOs are no different for me. Just uh, when you can really commit to a character and, and really get into their shoes and create a world just for them, uh, I think that's so much fun beyond just stats and and min maxing and things like that. I, I agree. It's kind of what I'm what this whole show is about is about collecting those narratives and they don't necessarily have to be role play ones, just all those stories and experiences. It's kind of like where the where the heart of these games tend to lie. Yeah, I, I know I'm very excited for how crunchy AOC is building up to be. I, I do like getting into the numbers. 
and kind of uh, munchkining out a little bit. Uh-huh. But it is there's so much room for just good storytelling, whether it's in character or just players being anonymous nerds with yeah. power and going crazy with it. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it'll be cool. I uh, I look forward to the relationships. I think like this is going to be a game that really emphasize. Like it, this game is really going to emphasize the relationships between guilds. And guilds are going to have so much power and so much forefront in the world that uh, that there's there's going to be lore within those guilds. And depending on how long they last and how long they hold nodes, and you know, you may end up with a whole horde alliance thing, you know, on one uh, on one server where you know it's two guilds that are constantly taking nodes from each other, constantly fighting, and you may end up with these mega guilds that uh, that do stuff like that. And it's it would be cool because of the fact that you know the world evolves based on those alliances and those. So that's what I'm really excited for to see how uh, if it's not us, maybe we can be a part of something like that. So, yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. yeah so if even if you're not the one in charge, in charge, maybe you're just their sword. If I'm two hundred, yeah. If we're just two hundred mercenaries for hire, and you get to hire two hundred orcs to charge in on another node for you, by all means, let me be the one. <laughs> I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Being a guild leader, I I know you said you haven't dug too deep into the lore, and I'm, I'm a I'm not sure. Have you dug a really deep into the upcoming, like the mechanics that have been announced? So the only thing that I've really been looking at so far, um, like the combat style is what really, like really appeals to us. I like the tab target slash, I forget what the other one's called, but where it's like the combination of two, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. The action and tab. Yeah, yeah. Action tab. Yeah, man. That's, that's going to be really neat. We've looked at like, a, and I'm not the best well-versed on this. There are people who are much much better within our community that that can speak to these things better but um the big the two big things that i've really gotten into are basically nodes and and the the combat style everything just still still very much feels like it's uh like subject to change and so i'm, I'm afraid to commit to anything or get too invested in, in a certain mechanic but did you have anything in mind particularly that i might be able to speak about well most i was going to ask um are there anything from other games and we'll, we'll keep it restricted to guilds uh, guild control from other games that you might like to see in AOC. Is there any anything you might have come across? You're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. I know others have mentioned guild halls. Others have also, of course, mentioned taverns. I'm curious on your take. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see a like a very community area for everybody to come together. I don't know that I haven't looked at the the nitty gritty of the guilds and ashes of creation as far as how they're going to be laid out and what's available to them. I think I've I did a once over one time. I can definitely say that I do hope there's some kind of guild hall system. I think guild halls are an awesome experience. Um, in Guild Wars 2, they were super fun. In Final Fantasy, they're ex- they're super cool. Everybody kind of has like their own apartment within the guild hall that they can decorate and make their own. I think like that kind of stuff would be really cool to see um, in Ashes of Creation. I know that we also get uh, the ability to kind of customize our nodes a little bit as well. So if we are a guild that does end up taking over a node, it would be nice to be able to have like our mark on that node. So I'm I'm looking forward to anything that emphasizes the community aspect of guilds and not just for our own, but for everybody else. I would love for to be able to go to a certain area and just know that I'm in that guild's territory, right? Same. I, I think it'd be really cool to like walk in and see some banners and be like, Oh, okay. We got to get ready for fighting, right? Like you come into my area. There's like goals on, you know, 
on spears and things like that. You know, just you know, you're in our territory. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's about to go down. Let your caravan drive. Yeah. And of course, with uh, you having your own territory, is that going to be something? Uh, to say me, just a a regular wanderer, I'd I'd suppose I'd run into trouble. But if me, not a member of the guild, but still like a citizen of that node, are you open to? I guess I don't. We don't really know yet how much control mayors or just leaders will have right. over the citizenship of a node. But are you open to like I guess like strongly defending citizens of a nodes that you control? Like defending my what I defend my node. Like the citizens of your node oh. that might not exist within the guild. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. If you if you set your foot in my city and you're not trying to do harm to others, but others are trying to do, to do harm to you, hundred um, percent. Okay. Because there's there's one thing that doesn't. I mean, here's the thing: like, how are people supposed to talk about me and my community if they're dead? So That's fair. I need them. Yeah, <laughs> I need them to live. I need them to enjoy being in my community. Uh, you know, nobody wants to hang around somewhere where they're constantly getting attacked or invaded or people are robbing them or, you know, ruining their their time. Um, so 100%. Yeah, I want people to commit to every everybody that steps foot in our node uh, is a potential prospect, someone who may be the next uh, member of the station. So 100%. It's not about uh, right or wrong for me. It's just at the end of the day, I want what's in their pocket. So, okay. And I want people to know about us. So... And hopefully by passing around to uh, this episode, a lot more people will will know about you. Hey, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I had a great time talking with Starling. If you're interested in joining the station, check out that Discord link that we'll have in the description for this episode. And as always, you're more than welcome to reach out to us at poppedoff.com or, of course, Twitter, popped underscore off, my personal one, at GG. Any of us here will be happy to get put you guys in touch. Thank you again for listening. As always, have a fantastic day.